Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Gab Uncensored. I'm Gabby and I'm here with Jennifer Martin. She is an expert yoga guru, meditation, everything that's good that I need in my soul and my life is what she focuses on in her life. So I'm just here to learn and ask questions and talk about something that I think confuses a lot of people and a lot of people struggle to grasp how to do, which is meditate. So from what I know, my take on meditation is to try to not ju- not quiet the mind completely, but focus on what's happening right that moment in the present. And one of the things that I read online was find three things that you can see, that you can smell, and that you can hear, even if it's a raindrop outside. Focus on what's happening in the present moment so you're not thinking of anything about to happen or anything that has passed. And that kind of helped me a little bit. Well, I'm super excited to be here. I am fortunate to have 13 years in the health and wellness industry, um, a lot of time in yoga and meditation and, um, you know, that world of physical discipline to be able to, you know, go and share those gifts with so many uh, when I used to travel all over the U.S. and Canada and teach master classes and big workshops. Um, so it's been a kind of a fun transition the last two years now that I really focus on personal and corporate um, speaking and coaching on goal set mindset and leadership principles. Um, And I think you're right. I think there's a lot of misconceptions and myths about, you know, what is unknown if people haven't practiced it yet. Like you said, there needing to be an absence of thought or space. And um, the reality is your, your mind's job is to think. You know, physical bodies and spiritual beings with a mental capacity and presence, then it's really that question of which one of those is in control. And, you know, when I kind of teach mindset stuff, you know, your, your brain is, is comprised of basically, think of it, two hemispheres of um, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And the way the mind works is it goes based on, you know, what we've either personally experienced or we've heard from somebody else. But, you know, there's a really kind of limited, um, when you think about it, access to information because it's based on past experiences. Right. Um, you know, we can, I believe, start to access some of that stuff for imagination and look forward. And then, you know, those gifts, which, you know, we talked about, I'm a person of faith, I believe that, okay, using those those gifts for for good or using you know your ability to potentially you know look and have visualization into the future um, from an imaginative what's possible standpoint or is it causing anxiety and fear and everything is habitual I I just did something um, a piece on this that our habits are many of them are so subconscious they're so built in that it takes conscious effort to start new habits that are healthier even in the most mundane activities because like up to 40 something percent of our daily activities brushing your teeth how you dry off after the shower etc it's all autopilot we don't think about it we don't make a decision that's just how we do it so I think with part of the meditation thing is learning new habits and how to focus on what you want to focus on and not let outside noise in. Beliefs and behaviors are what drive all of our actions and decisions. 
and you know again from past experiences and our perceptions and how we kind of choose to experience life is what gets stored in that um, subconscious mind and you're right it's it's the things that you know once we had to learn and now becomes kind of autopilot for us and we all have habits and it's whether those habits are constructive or destructive you know when I work with clients and one of the things I work with on my platform you know with moving faith is talking to people are you a design a designer or are you a drifter and basically, are you taking capacity, which is our greatest power of your mind, taking to control. come up with creative solutions to create what you want and possible in your life, or are you someone that drifts? Right. And that is someone looks like, um, you know, like life is happening to, to them, them, and they're not in control. In reality, everything that we have in our life is really a culmination of every decision. Well, and everyone's life, life is we are all faced with even the people that you think have it so easy and you think they have everything handed to them they still have struggles and life is how you choose to deal with the the little daily struggles and the big ones that come at you like you can sit and play victim and say why me or you can say all right this happened what can i do to circumvent it make it better or change a future outcome of it yeah absolutely it's all about decision making it's all decision making and I think it comes from awareness you know a lot of us have an idea and the reality is we don't even hold that idea alive long enough to consider what's possible with it we're so quick to make a a quick judgment as to based on emotion yes or no I can or I can't you know and that's that's really not a fair assessment no you know um you know I it's funny I posted on on my yoga page on Instagram this morning and talked about you know just because you haven't yet doesn't mean you can't and success really comes from you know those that are willing to be bad long enough until they get good you have to be brave enough to fail you have to be brave enough to fail but I think it's that understanding um, you know, that's why faith for me is so important. You know, it's those promises that I hold on to that are much bigger than right. me. Um, you know, that say everything will be used for your good. And, and I believe that in every failure, there's an equal seed of success. Yes, because you learn something. Even, even if something's very painful, if you look at it objectively after you go through your emotions, everybody's got to do that. We're human beings. That's part of us. But after I go through my emotions, I try to step out and look at the situation. And if you do that, a lot of times you can see where you you messed up initially. You can see where you maybe ignored some things or overlooked something that should have been addressed and you didn't. And so this is a lesson to be learned so that moving forward, when something similar happens, you're better equipped to deal with it. And even if it's a total rejection, you know, can you think of it not as rejection, but as redirection? Yes. And, you know, and I believe, again, if we start to create what I call, you know, people call meditation, I like to call spiritual white space because I think it's just kind of takes a little bit of the stigma or the new aginess off of it or this like... Right. This meditation is such an ominous word for some people because they don't know. They're like, okay, so I sit in a room quietly and I try not to think about anything. That's literally right. what people... Which just sets you up for failure because that's never going <laughs> to happen. never going to happen. Right? And that's like a little weird anyways. I mean, some people, like I said, you know, they, they get silence in a lot of different ways. 
for me, yoga for so many years was a form of meditation because I linked breath with movement. And even though you know I practiced and my studios were hot vinyasa studios and we played loud music and I was teaching all of those things, but I mean that's real world, right? Like when you're out, yes. there's so many distractions around you. And I was able, you know, over years of just showing up on my mat and being disciplined and persistent in that practice able to really come up to like a, just a new level of awareness like I knew when I stepped to my mat and started to move if I was having a strong day or you know other days I was weak but there was there was such an awareness level where I was and what needed to be done yeah. if I needed to you know know those days to challenge myself or those right. days You're I not needed a robot to pull and, back yeah. and you know be a little more caring to my body and I think people get a little you know there's so many motivational things out there pushing people pushing people pushing people what I say is, yes, push yourself, but on days when you don't feel well, like, you know, I woke up the other morning, I was cramping and tired and drained, and, you know, I said, I'm going to have a really slow, quiet morning and start my morning a little later, and I could have sat there and beat myself up about it, but I didn't. I was just like, you know, I'm human. I'm a woman for an another thing, which is super fun once a month, so I said, this is what it is. So for me, I wake up and I know that my work is to be disciplined and um, you know have that discernment and make those good decisions and to stay consistent and congruent with whatever goals that I want. Um, you know, part of my meditation in the morning is to reread my goal statements mm -hmm. as I can and I will with specific you know goals and timing. And um, for me, I kind of you know break things in when I'm working with clients. Um, you know, that process of change is having a definite purpose with desire and a plan backed by faith and then the persistence and the people around you, you know, right. to kind of help you get through. And so those are kind of the four factors. And then when you're writing out goals, you know, again, what's your specific goal? What's the time frame you're willing to do? Um, what are you willing to give in order to get? Because there's always an exchange oh, that has sure. to happen. Um, and really starting to just connect with living like I already have it. You know, faith gives me the expectation that I'm going to be successful in it. So part of my time, um, you know, in one form of med meditation, as like we've mentioned, there's many, is really just that visualization space of living like you already have it, living like you've already obtained it. Yeah. You know, how would you be able to move throughout your day and remove that hustle mm -hmm. feeling, that weariness, that tiredness, that like grind, if you really believe that those small right steps that you consistently yeah, do you're each day were going to get you there. You're right? not thinking of, well, I'm tired today. Well, you know, I'm not a person who um, can handle a lot of caffeine. And people are like, how do you have so much energy? And I say, you know what? I get those slumps during the day where I'm so tired. All I want to do is take a nap. I literally feel it. And what I do is I say, if I keep doing whatever I'm doing, keep my body moving, you know, keep doing my errands or my project or whatever I'm working on for another 20 minutes, my rhythm, um, my energy cycle will just start over and all of a sudden I'll feel totally fine. It's just not giving in to that little moment of, oh, I feel a little lazy or I feel a little tired. Well, so does everybody else, but you know, the people that have achieved great things didn't take a nap every three hours. I mean, I can tell you that. So I just try well, to and I think the put people, things in perspective. Again, you know, the ones that hustle are really just wearing themselves out. 
to me that shows a lack of faith that they really think they're going to get what they what they're out to achieve right because if you really had that faith and expectation mm-hmm. that you were going to achieve your goal the hustle wouldn't be there the hard work ethic is there right but hustle and hard work have very different meanings and very different feelings you know one yeah. can be very energetic like, hey, I'm working towards my goal and each day I'm getting one step closer. And the other one of like, I'm the grind if I take this morning off or if I, you know, had something one come is based up unexpectedly. Stress to one's based something and one's based around like excitement about a goal. At the end of the day, you break everything down and you're either operating out of a place of faith or you're operating out of a place of fear. Fear of failure. Yeah, so a lot you of are do. operating out of one of two spaces. Mm-hmm. And faith has a very expanding, uplifting, inspiring feeling. And fear is just simply either you Stress. thinking you don't have enough mm-hmm. of something or you something you something. have is going to be taken away. Right. Like you need to prove it's a scarcity mentality. Right. Where, you know, faith kind of is a Well, and I think, sadly, a lot of people, I mean, I'm one of those people, I, I grew up very um, poor, very, actually I had both sides of the spectrum, but I had a hard childhood. And I think a lot of people that came from a place of hunger, sort of, we have a hard time, like, my faith is there, but at the same time, I also don't want to go back to a place like that, so that drives me as well. I don't know if it's fear or if it's just, I don't want to get sort of separate, too. I mean, because I can tell you, I I was very fortunate. You know, I always was one that worked really hard, but could draw a really straight line between, you know, A and B because Mm -hmm. of that work. Um, and so mine was a fear of failure for the opposite reason, because I didn't want to fall off that, you know, everyone thinking that she's always accomplished great things. She's always known for being an overachiever. She always almost has this perfectionism. So you were the expectation. Correct. I didn't like to ask for help because then it showed that I didn't really know what I was doing sometimes. So that, that's the same fear. It just shows up kind of Mine is almost the opposite that I want everyone expected someone who grew up the way I grew up to be a hot mess Mm -hmm. to be honest and I wasn't so that was surprising enough as it was uh, in itself um but then on top of that I don't just want to be you know oh well she's not a hot mess but she never really did anything you know important with her life either fear of failure for both of us but just the other side but that's the funny thing that's what fear does because it makes you feel like you're alone and separate when the reality is all of us are working out of that that same that same fear on a lot of different things Mm -hmm. especially if you're someone you know that's driven that's out there to kind of you know, pay the path for yourself and follow the plan and, you know, do things that are unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, faith again, and in, 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 as we talked about this visualization, you know, meditation that you're able to kind of do on your own, um, gets you to the arrival point that you're trying to get. Right. Because where we are, moment. right, because where we are each day is at different departure points. Yeah. But our arrival point. If you point, can visualize the end, it, it'll give you that little boost you need for the day. Well, and it's good to think of of the end game for me in the morning. I talked about it this morning on my morning video. I said, you know, the for people that don't know how to meditate, I, I suggested this app that, you know, if you want to try it home, if you're not ready to like go to a session. Um, but I try to sit and just think of what's going on right now. Like I'm home, I'm safe, my dog's healthy, I'm healthy. Like I do that for a moment, like I'm here. 
I'm taking time for myself. So that in itself is good. Yeah. So many people are rushed in the morning yeah, and don't do that. And then my my tasks for the day are getting me to from basically point A to point B. And it helps me stay a little more focused. Whereas if I'm just rushing out in the morning and I'm grabbing something quick to eat and I'm not taking that time to like calm down, I'm just straight onto social media or straight into my email inbox. Well, and that's why I'm so against like the hustle, yeah. right? Because if you're in a hustle mentality, in it's very quick mode. and easy to do that. Yeah. You know that everything has its perfect timing and you are a necessary part of the bigger plan. Right. So you need to take that space to get those new ideas, to you know honor where you are, um, you know your own awareness, your own personal growth, and to kind of refill before you can show up for a greater capacity for not only yourself but others. Kind of you know once you walk out that door um, from a simple meditation space, and this is really. I want people to walk away with a really practical tool here too. Like I said, I talk about it as you know, spiritual white space because um, I don't know. For me, sometimes you know, not only outside of like a meditation time, but in the shower, like we talked about, or you know, walking the dogs, or you know, those times where you aren't expected to be thinking mm-hmm. is when you get those new ideas. Yeah, when you're just kind of being, and you're not on your phone, and you're not engaged in any conversation, and you're just kind of. Breathing, right? And I think the thoughts are there. We just don't create the space for awareness for them to come up. Or even if we do, again, we don't let them live long enough to consider what if that was possible. Right. And so a real, you know, easy thing that's really the basis for most meditation is just a long, deep, conscious breath. And especially Americans, we tend to hold a lot of stress, mm-hmm. um, so we constrict a lot of our breathing. People hold their breath so much, it's insane. People hold their breath, you know, it's, it's interesting, it's, it's funny, even in yoga, um, you know, I'd have people that had practiced with me for six or eight months, and, um, you know, they'd come up to me after class and, oh, you, you know, you cued breath that day. And I'm thinking, I have cued breath always, but it's they weren't ready for that level of awareness yet. Right. So everybody goes at their own pace too. So I say the same with like meditation or yoga. Most of the classes that I've been to have been like, you know, this is what I'm doing, but but if you don't feel comfortable doing it this way, you can, they, you know, they suggest they different options. And I think that's yeah. you know, important again, you know, with, with meditation. There's, you know, there's breath work, there's visualization, there's guided, you know, meditations or guided visualizations. Um, there's yoga, like I said, can be a form of meditation. Um, you know, to me, prayer time can be a form of, you know, meditation. I mean, oftentimes, you know, if I read scripture out of the Bible, I'm kind of like considering like, okay, would I live my life differently if I truly believed that this promise were true, right? If I truly believed that, you know, I was created in God's handiwork and that I was, you know, destined for great works that he prepared in advance for me to do, would that allow me to show up differently when I walked right. out that door? And would I be more aware for those opportunities and those invitations or more to open be a to part that. of that plan, right? Not just my plan, but am I, if I really believe I'm part of a bigger plan. Part of a bigger plan. Yeah, and I'm not, um, as we talked about earlier, I'm... I've studied a lot of different religions, and the conclusion that I came to several years ago was that, you know, I can take little bits and pieces of each one that I sort of identify with, so I'm more, 
spiritual base, but do I talk to God? Absolutely. I believe God and the universe are sort of one. They're not really separate beings. Um, and so I think, you know, the, the manifesting stuff and the putting it out into the universe and, you know, having those moments where you're, you're visualizing, like you said, are super important because... The, I love the saying, the universe is not working for or against you, it's working with you. So wherever your energy is flowing with your thoughts, your words, whatever, that's where the universe is going to take you. So if you're stuck in the victim mentality or complaining or being negative, you're going to attract more negative shit, which is not what anybody wants. Right. Well, and again, like we talk about, you know, as, as a Christian, I believe the dreams that we have is big expiration, you know, inspirations and aspirations don't come from us. They come from God. So God is on your side. <laughs> like he wants you yeah. to succeed and pursue those. Right. And there's a know, reason the thoughts are there. Correct. And uh, you know, the, the God I serve, the, the you know Jesus and Lord, and all those things in salvation that I know are not ones of necessarily judgment, but ones of um, you know wanting us to do the right thing so we don't have to experience the pain. Right. But again, like on our side, like such an infinite source of love and an invitation to just really experience this life differently. And for me, it's looking for those overlaps of heaven here on earth and those opportunities to serve, you know, with a willing heart. I think we're here to experience his love and to share it with others and to use the gifts that we have and the things that we've gone through and the things that we've learned to offer other people peace. Yeah, because everyone has strengths and weaknesses. It's all about how you don't focus on your weaknesses because everyone has them and they're already focusing on them for you, most cynical people. And so if you focus on your strengths and you don't focus on your weaknesses and you figure out how to use those strengths to help other people, there's another saying I love. It's um, your happiness is, is based around the relationships in your life. At the end of your life, the Lamborghini, the mansion, the you know the the places you've been they're gonna be like oh that was fun but what's really gonna have meaning for you is your relationships with other people and it's not just necessarily in your inner circle only it could be how you've impacted others absolutely I think it's gonna be you know the regrets we have I mean again it, you know it's, it's funny back to faith like I don't think we're gonna go up um, you know if I'm sitting at God's right hand I don't believe I'm gonna get judged on the things I did wrong as much as I'm gonna be shown here's look at all these opportunities and these blessings that were before you mm-hmm. and you, you didn't have enough awareness or faith to take yeah, advantage you missed of them you missed them. I don't know I don't know if I just have a totally I've read a few afterlife type books and one of them was written by um, a world renowned neurosurgeon who had a, an NDE which is a near death mm-hmm. experience and I just have a as I said, I've studied several religions, and then after reading his books and everything, I just have a different viewpoint on, you know, the whole afterlife scenario. You know, there's not so much heaven and hell, it's sort of more one and ominous. I do think without pain, you pain isn't bad. Pain brings you to another level of awareness. I think without pain, you, you don't gain strength. Because I would not be who I am at all if it weren't for the painful things that well, I've been through in my life. You were always that strong, but you weren't aware of it because you didn't need to be. Possible. Yes. 
Right. And and there's again there's scripture that says, First I am weak, then I am strong. Like yes. there's there's that there's that link there. You know, when I when I talk to and we talked about again the process of pain and uh, change and for me that number one is the definite purpose with desire. Well, desire can often be formed because you have a pain point. Mm-hmm. It's think how many times there's things that we know we should have done, right? You're unhealthy and you know you should have been exercising and you know you should have been eating healthy and then it takes that that health scare, it takes that pain point or that illness. Yes. Or to stop drinking or stop smoking. Or and then that's what brings that you know, really ignites that desire. It yeah. brings about a new awareness of a, a plan backed by faith and the persistence and the people, right? To, yeah, it to almost get takes like there. the universe kind of smacking you. Sometimes, in the face to, sometimes it does. But you know, the the goal, right, would be to to really get um, really get purposeful and intentional in our lives and our dreams. Well, just stop being self-destructive. And, I mean, if, if people made a list of all the things they do on a daily basis that were kind of destructive to themselves, if they made an honest list that they didn't share with anyone just for themselves, I think they'd be shocked. I I spoke to a friend last night who, you know, struggles with anxiety, which I struggle with, as you know, and I've studied and learned as much as I can to help myself so I can avoid the whole medicated state of mind. And she was just like, I love talking to you because I don't have to sit here and try so hard to explain because you literally understand and I, you, you make me feel not crazy. And I said, you're absolutely not crazy. You struggle with anxiety, which is fear. And you're standing right in, you, you, your spirit is standing in front of your, you're in your own way. Right. You need to make one first step towards getting up and going to the gym tomorrow and telling yourself that everything will get easier after that. But that's that, for me, that second step, right, that I teach, it's mm-hmm. the plan back by faith. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that taking that next right step yes. will bring you closer to your goals? Right. Right? And she says she got up today, and she went to the gym, and she said, I feel so good, I don't want to leave the gym. Right. And I just, like, my heart felt so full. I felt really well, good. Well, that's why, right, and think how many times people will do that, and some people will click, and that's where... For me, again, step mm-hmm. three that I teach is the persistence portion yeah, of it. You have because to once consistent. isn't enough. You know, I, I the analogy um, that I use, and I, I got it from you know one of my coaching mentors, and I'm part of you know the John Maxwell coaching and speaking team, and you know he talks about um, he talks about consistency and, and you know shares this um, you know kind of antidote with it, which I think really breaks it down yeah. and makes it make sense. If you went out and you wanted to chop down that one tree in your backyard you would go and take five chops of that tree every day. But you wouldn't go take five chops of that tree and then go take five chops of another tree and then another one. Like you would stay very consistent and persistent on what what is what is that one tree I'm trying to chop down and what's the plan to do it? Okay, I'm gonna take my ax out there and every day I'm gonna take five swings to that one tree that's in line and congruent with my goal. But I'm chopping down the tree. Of chopping down the tree. We get so distracted. A hundred percent, but that right, that's that's what I mean. So can we, you know, again, can we kind of align in the morning and really set um, you know, set ourselves up for it's like the control thing again. Control thing, but and control your mind, control your life, because you are in the driver's seat. We're in the driver's seat. If you let things pull you in different directions, it's almost like, you know, you're sitting in the driver's seat and you're letting someone else steer the wheel. Yeah. Would you ever I would never do that. I think there's people, you know, even a faith that rely 
only on God. And it's like, listen, God only works if we do. Yeah. I mean, I look in the Bible and there's a premise before the promise. There's, there's our work <laughs> before he shows up, you know? Yeah. I think he makes, again, opportunities available, but it's up to us. We have free will and free choice yeah, if we're going to take advantage. So we're still in control with our experience, you know, down here. We're really well, even for those that are not faith-based or not, you know, coming from a religious standpoint, hopefully they took something from this that, you know, even if you're just sitting with yourself and you're not thinking of God or you're not thinking of any outside source, realize that your life source is your own and you're responsible for it. So do you want it to just, like you said earlier, just be drifting and wandering all over the place? Or do you want to take what you've been given, which is a life, and do you have an end goal that you want to achieve? And if you do, then you need to get up in the morning, take some space to yourself, and think about that goal and how, what, even if it's one little baby step a day, how can you work towards it? So this, this would be my challenge, you know, for people for meditation. And again, keep it at a really basic level. And if right. anything else, it'll just even help you with, you know, breathing mm-hmm. how we how we should. Um, you know, is to pick one spot in your house each morning and commit to, you know, give yourself 15 minutes. You may not be able to sit there that entire time initially, um, but starting with at least three minutes, um, there are scientifically things that happen, you know, neurologically right. and from a that, nervous system where even if you start at three minutes, then you would go up to six or seven minutes, then you would go up to 11 minutes, you know, and it kind of increases in different increments um, from, from there. But even just starting with three minutes every morning, you know, setting a timer, finding your space, making it as close as you can to the same time each morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what's that going to do is, again, now you're taking out all of these other distractions or variables where you can really start to recognize. You're setting an appointment with yourself. You're setting an appointment with yourself, but you're also able to understand how you show up when you feel for that appointment with yourself each day. Right. Right. I'm able to recognize, like, when I would go practice, I was able to recognize, like we talked about earlier, you know, in this interview, the days I felt strong or the days I felt weaker and I was able yeah. to to modify and temper that and just the awareness of it changed how I would practice and my approach yeah, like throughout today that I day. feel distracted or not in a great mood right. maybe and other days you're gonna and then wake I'm aware, up and feel great but then I'm aware of that throughout the day right right so so same time same place make that appointment with mm-hmm. yourself um and you know decide ahead of time what you want out of your meditation time like go into it with with a purpose and I don't mean sometimes maybe individually each day but I'm going to give you a 40-day challenge of what would you want to experience at the end of 40 days Um, 40 days is a magic number where you start to rewrite some of the habits that you have Um, hopefully the bad ones hopefully the bad ones but again you're adding this in, in creation too um, and it's 40 days consistent, by the way. So if you get to day 20 and you forget a day, you're back to day one oh and start over. Yeah, it's but a that's the only way. Again, we're talking this persistence Full-on, yeah. piece, right? So am I committed to it? And I will tell you, this is where your subconscious starts to get a little a little crazy because your your subconscious mind is actually really loyal, but it's also really lazy. So yeah, it's going because like, it's oh, I, well, it's going like, oh, okay, right. I have all these files. Think about like I had a file and you know everything has been filed by first names, mm-hmm. A to Z, right? And now all of a sudden I'm going in saying, oh, I, I want a different goal. Oh, we have to change the filing system. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to file by last names, Z through A. 
and your subconscious mind is like, oh, that's a lot of work, you know? (laughs) And if you're not somebody that has been disciplined enough or you've started things before and then like given up, then your subconscious mind is like, oh, I know this trick. Like you're going to give up. Self-discipline starts at home when you're a kid with your parents. And if you're not one of those people who had discipline or taught self-discipline growing up, you are, I hate to say, at a huge disadvantage. However, not unfixable because I was one of those people and for many years on and off. And I, once I realized that that's, that's really was my problem. Like I was self-aware enough to realize I am not disciplined and I need to get my shit together. It, it started me on a, all right, how can I do that? And then I started you know, so researching you're ways to, step to do one it. with, hey, I had a definite purpose, right, a desire to change. These What's three the plan, things a day, the plan back by the to way to make me more there. structured and disciplined. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, and then it's, it's funny. I know a lot of coaches and speakers that say, oh, set big goals. Um, and if you're somebody that's not used to setting goals and achieving them consistently, I don't teach people to set big goals right off the bat. Not, yeah. not to, not to, you know, diminish your aspirations, yeah. but start with small goals that you have the faith that you believe with that plan you can attain. Yeah, because it builds confidence. As soon as you, you achieve a small goal, then the next one will yeah. be a little bigger and a little bigger and, and a little faith bigger. Faith is keep growing. The confidence and things you hope for and assurance and things you can't yet see. Right. Yeah. So. That's what that does. So for 40 days, this is what I'm going to challenge people to. For 40 days, consistently, mm-hmm. they're going to find a space in their home around the same time and just start with some long, deep, conscious breathing. So here's what that looks like. Eventually, you could even work this up to what yogis call a minute breath. So it's 20 counts for an inhale. You would hold for 20 at the top and then a slow exhale for oh, 20 wow. counts. It's what I train actually a lot no, of athletes I, in. No, I want to try. Right, it's what I actually train a lot of athletes even in because it helps with their endurance. So there's yeah. really practical spaces oh, for that. I go diving, so that's great for me. Absolutely, and this is again, even if you're doing visualization, you know, you start to kind of regulate, you know, a, a nice inhale and exhale and exchange of breath and space and all of those things. Um, but you know, start at a five count. Do a slow count of five. That's actually one of my Hold anxiety. For five. Lessons that slowly I decrease tell five. people when they're freaking out, like count your close your eyes, count your breaths, slow one, two, three, four, five, in and out. And when you're having anxiety, yeah. your your uh, heart is racing like a rabbit, Absolutely. and your breathing is so shallow that it's like, how am I even getting enough oxygen to well, my we brain? We hold right tension now. in our breath, and and so as you're breathing, you're doing this count. On the inhale, you actually allow your belly to expand. You think of widening to the lower ribs and at the top of the breath, there's a lifting and opening of the chest, slight pause, holding it for those counts at the top. And then on the exhale, emptying the top of the lungs, middle of the lungs, bottom of the lungs, bottom of the breath, and navel will draw it up to the spine. So what that happens is it works with the diaphragm. As you compress the belly out, the diaphragm will drop, so you can actually get a really big breath in. And then the reverse happens on the exhale, so the bottom of the breath as the navel draws in, the diaphragm is constricted and lifts and helps to really expel all that stale air It's so funny that you're talking about this because I just found... It was like an animated, um, a lot little, of show like kind of little, balloons or yes, circles. It was like a blue circle. And one of the people I follow on Instagram posted it, a doctor, and I actually um, saved it on my highlights for people. And I said, "This is what you should be doing if you're having a stress yeah. moment 
a moment when you know well, you're and it's great because it gives you a visualization too yeah. or if you're again and an I did it I did the gym. whole I never did the holding thing I only did the in and the out so I did the holding thing and I was like no the this holding thing better. is really important because again you're creating that space mm-hmm. so even in that meditation the holding is that space that's created yeah. where you're not moving if that makes yeah. sense yeah you're it's literally just peacefulness it's dwelling that place of peace Stillness, yes. and then you're able to you know, relax awesome. and come back down so that's my challenge you know hopefully we share yeah. some good reasons why to meditate and some background but practical tools also yeah it's great everybody deals with stress on a daily basis uh the world we live in is super fast paced you know the internet and everyone's on their phones and you know you're always going somewhere and doing something and everybody's so busy that even like she said just taking three to five minutes in the morning if that's all you have that's okay because it can make all the difference if three to five minutes could change your whole day and eventually your whole week and eventually your whole month I think that's worth it so I hope you guys took something from this I know I did and learned a little bit more about meditation because it can be a very ominous subject that confuses people 